previously on the game of Rassilon. A really good transition into Devils from the Deep. We're not there yet. We're still not. No, we got the, we got the handheld war. Oh my god, why do I think that it's like the next one? <laughs> why do, do I you listen yeah, to you the show? Hello and welcome to part two of the behind the screen, behind the scenes making of Rassilon Fidential, the, the game of Rassilon of Rassilon. Uh, I am your, uh, intrepid host, intrepid? I don't know why I said that. Ben Padden. Uh, we have everyone here. The gang's all here. Let's do a quick whip round. Hi, I'm Dan. I'm here. Hey, I'm Riley. I'm also here. Hi, Michael. You're still stuck with me. Yeah, we can't get rid of you. And we no. did, we amazingly did not discuss everything we wanted to discuss in a two hour window last time. So we are, Gathered again, this time in my living room, which may account for maybe a small amount of echo, for which I refuse to apologize for. Mm. I like the space I have, and if you don't like it, that's that's more of a you problem than, a, than anything else. It isn't a me yeah. problem, just, you know, for sound. Anyway, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to, if we, you know, I think it's time for us to, to dive right in yeah. to, to Devils from the Deep. Well, actually, right? before we get into oh, that, God, right. uh, I just want to say that our podcast is proud to be part of a Doctor Who podcast uh, charity event that's happening right now. I'm actually happy about it. Yes. Yeah, it's <laughs> great. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, if you go on Twitter, it's hashtag Hoover Schools. Uh, some of you may know that I was part of one last year that was called Who Against Guns. Uh, it's the same people that are putting together. It's basically spearheaded by Joy and Graham from the Reality Bomb podcast. But the essential thing is that we are a, a bunch of Doctor Who podcasts together are trying to raise money for educational funds throughout the world. So there's a lot of different charities you can donate to. I, I personally chose the Malala Fund for mine, but, if you go on Twitter, if you go on at least my page right now, it's the pinned tweet. But if you just search the hashtag Who for Schools, you'll see a lot of shows talking about it, like the Radio Free Scaro podcast and, like I said, Reality Bomb, stuff like that. So I think Two Minute Time Lord is back and doing that as well. So check that out. A bunch of us have actually recorded a series of audio commentaries for the final season of Classic Who. Uh, the It's 26, right? Yeah. Um, so we did 26, which is the 89th season. So we, you can look forward to those. Basically, anybody who donates is able to access those. It's just like a exclusive feed that'll be just for donors. So I think the way it works is you go to the site, you, you, you donate, you send a screenshot of your donation to the organizers, and then they'll give you access to this. But it's also going to be a raffle for people who donate to win prizes. And, uh, the, the boys on the podcast along with me have, and, and the, the, the non-binary person as well have chosen to, to participate in that way. And so what we're going to do is we are going to autograph a package of the Doctor Who role-playing game dice. And we will also let the winner who gets those dice will also have an NPC named after them in our second season. Absolutely. I actually, I know the uh, URL for, uh, Who for Schools. It is tinyurl.com slash Who for Schools. You can find all the information there. Um, pick the charity you want to make the donation to, send them your screenshot, and uh, they'll give you access to the feed. And are you entered automatically into the raffle? Or? I think I think once you submit, you're entered. Cool. Yeah. And then also, you don't have to donate necessarily to the, the charities they suggest. Those are just some that they have curated. But as long as you're donating to an educational fund, then that'll still work. Because I know some people who have chosen ones that are maybe more... Uh, 
apt to their location or their part of the world or whatever. And so they might, they might be thinking locally and, and thinking globally and acting locally. So yeah, don't feel like limited to having to donate to one of the ones that's listed there. Yeah. That's tinyurl.com slash who for schools. Check it out. Make a donation. Send in your screenshot. Get some stuff. Maybe win some things and kind of be a part of our podcast in season two a little bit. You too can experience the frustration of rolling two Daleks. <laughs> <laughs> if you are willing to tear through our signatures and get into the, the dice. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, never mind then. <laughs> you can look at the two Daleks. <laughs> I bet you they can open from the bottom. Yeah. And then we can sign the way they can. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll steam it out. open. I don't yeah. think we've, we haven't actually signed it yet, so we can figure yeah. out a way to, I'm gonna, I just want, I want my signature to wrap around the, the cardboard package. Yeah. yeah, over all of the seams, all the, so there's no way to open it without. Or to display it. Yeah, you can't, yeah. there, there's no yeah. way. Yeah. You to put it right on the underside? That's my move, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what we should do is slowly open it, sign the inside of the packaging, and then seal it again. <laughs> or we could just not do that. Um, but yeah, at tinyworld.com slash who for schools, do it, or I'll cry. Um, but, uh, yeah, did you, what, did, how do we want to proceed? Could, could we maybe talk about devils? Well, do we have any listener see? emails? Oh, okay. We actually do. We still have a handful of, oh, uh, right. listener emails. Um, great. Yeah. L- love the listeners. I uh, do. let's start with this one. This is from Whole Lot of Weird, who, by the way, is the person who did the fan art. Yes, we, thank we you again. to credit in the previous episode, the person who did the fan art. Yes, uh, today, uh, though, I did, uh, tweet out a thank you, but I'm going to say it on the air also. Yeah. Thank you again for, uh, your art, uh, which is a phrase that my sister coined and I like to steal things. Uh, but no, but seriously though, thank you for your art. And I don't know uh, if your sister's the first person to say thank you for your art. No, it's like her catchphrase. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> maybe it was. Maybe, maybe she's like the Richard Lewis with, uh, from hell. So. <laughs> cool. Awesome. That's also, uh, the thing we don't have. I mean, Geeky Tees does have this. They do have many cats, but they don't have them free roaming as we're recording in my They cat, do. We just have the door closed. Yeah. My Switch. cat DiGiorno is, uh, is occasionally going to make his presence felt because he does have a collar with a little bell on it and a little tag that says pizza cat. He's a cute baby. I'm that's what he is. Um, this question came in, like I said, from a whole lot of weird. Are there any moments where after looking back, you wish you had done something different? Let's wait for the plane. I'm gonna do I'll that. ask the question. Yeah, again. Is it time to open the cat treat for the, the baby then? A baby. Here. Here, baby. I that's have a treat for the baby. That's sort of living near an airport. Oh, wait. I'm, even in Sherman Oaks, I get the same thing. It's just, it's just okay. the area. <clears throat> Are there any moments where, after looking back, you wish you had done something different? Uh, mm, Devils from the Deep. Devils from in the its deep. entirety, from the, in the, from yes. just from a writing standpoint. But it's a um, Dan and Riley, do you have any moments where you wish you had handled it differently, or made a different character choice, or made a different choice as a, as a player? You know, yeah. I'm, oh, go ahead. Please. Go ahead. I was gonna make a dumb joke. So if you have No, I was gonna say I couldn't think of anything. Yeah, I wish I hadn't joined this stupid. Yeah, well, okay, awesome, cool. Joke. Yeah, I think when Ben t- DM me and said, "Hey, do you want to be in this Doctor Who podcast that we're doing?" I should. I wish I'd said no. No, I'm kidding. I love, I love doing this. Obviously, I'm here recording on a Friday night doing this. So obviously, I love this show. Yeah. Um, it's just I, you know, I'm sure I do have answers to that, and I'm sure that in a different moment, I would have had like, "Oh yeah, I wish I would have done this differently." But I think that's kind of the nature of tabletop role playing that you really you'll second guess yourself like crazy. So sometimes you have to just kind of go, yeah, that's the choice that I made and that's how I did it. Um, you know, I, I think there's things early in the season that I was proud of and things early on that I wish I'd done differently and then vice versa later on. Like, I don't know. I guess, uh, 
Yeah, you play the game you play, and that's just how it goes. I the only thing I can think of is I wish that I wish that on in the Star Trek episode that I had let I'd stayed on the bridge and let Millie have the run mm. of the engineering. How much of that is my fault though? Because I, I I maybe I I feel like with hindsight, like I may have been like pushing you to towards that that choice. I, I that, and that's a me mistake. That's but I, I wish that as I told you after we recorded. Hey, I was doing it just for this reason. I wish that I, in the moment, had just said to you out of character, like, "Hey, I'd actually rather stay here for this reason, so we can like role play it that way." But, um, yeah, I mean, again, like I said, I, I think it's it's hard to like lose yourself too much in yeah. thinking about what you could have done. So I don't have a whole lot of of those actually. Yeah, I don't have any specific moments that come to mind. I mean, from a, I wish Travis was, you know, more capable maybe the clumsy trait was not the best move but honestly it's led <laughs> it's led to some of like among my favorite moments truthfully I, like allowing yeah, those failures yeah. so it's hard for me to say i shouldn't have done it as yeah. as, as you know you always want to be the overpowered or well-balanced character but i will say this as as the gm and also kind of when i was re-listening to it ahead of you know recording these these behind the scenes episodes but um i like there's a, a certain amount of tension Oh, that is 100%. into that with with the with the clumsy because you you have to re-roll that like that's and there's something there's something wonderful about the the uncertainty of those situations yeah. that I I find very energizing and also one of the things that and we 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 haven't talked in a tremendous amount of detail about um like the the process of like character creation from a uh, gameplay mechanic standpoint and I don't think we're going to do a tremendous amount of that because um it's this boring. is yeah this, this, <laughs> yeah and this has never really been a here's how you play the game podcast but um the part of the the character creation process involves you know you you can have traits both positive and negative and um there's a you have a you know a pool of points that you know you buy positive traits but when you take a negative trait you get points back so you can take on a certain number of negative traits and then use it to buy yourself more positive traits and that, that's one of the things i love about um character creation on this is that you can you can give your character a lot of traits. You have to roleplay them, of course, and they will affect, they'll affect your roles and they'll affect, um, the choices you make, but, um, you can kind of, you have to make that decision of, if I really want this positive trait, but I don't have enough points left, what's a negative trait I can buy that I think will either be manageable or will make gameplay more mm. interesting? Oh, I thought of something I would have, uh, done differently. I absolutely would have rolled better. <laughs> ah. I don't think you would have. I think you would have wanted to, but I, I don't think you would have rolled better at all. Um, uh, I think that thing about the traits is interesting for me because I didn't necessarily choose my traits. Mm. I kind of went with the traits that were pre-assigned to the doctor's character sheet. Yeah, which mm. is so doctor regenerating. Yeah. Anyway, and the thing is, like, I think with the doctor, especially, and with, but I think with role playing, especially for a audience when you're doing mm. a narrative role playing game, I think the traits on the sheet matter but i also think that what ultimately matters is the character you kind of come up with while you're gaming yeah. so as long as you're not just being completely off the walls that like if you suddenly make your character super intelligent when your stats say you're not and you're playing it like it at the end of the day it's all gonna come down to rules anyway yeah. as far as like when there you can or can't do something so i think there's a certain level of i try not to role play too much based on just what the sheet says because for me it's like i I know who the doctor is as a character yeah. and I know how to play her. So my sheet is a good guide for me. Yeah. But I, I, I really can't stand when I get into role playing, even off of, off of like shows 
when someone is just kind of being a jerk because like, well, that's what my character would do mm-hmm. in a way that's like making it like not fun for the other players yeah. at the table. Like I hate when someone makes a character whose whole thing is that they like steal the loot the other players also earned in the game. Oh yeah, that's and it's like, well, fun. I'm playing a neutral character, so this is what I would do. And it's like, yeah, but you're also just being a like, yeah. you're also just being someone who's actively working to make gameplay less fun for other people at the table. So it's like, cool, good job playing that dot on your sheet, but we're all here yeah. together. Like, let's mm. let's have cooperative gaming. Exactly. Like, yeah. I I want I want so there are some elements to that, and I've run into it too. Like I one of my other shows, I play a character who the flaw on the sheet, and it's the pre-gen flaw from a D&D book, is that I, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm so invested in secrets, sometimes I don't share important information. And I would play her that way early on in the show, and it was like a real problem for the mm. other players and those characters. Like, hey, there's stuff we need to know in character, and you're not telling us, so why would we ever like travel with you and have you be part of our party yeah. if you're doing that? And they were right, and I actively had to spend time in the season like the second season, once we like course corrected of like, how do I narratively earn it? So this character isn't like that anymore. And that was like a real challenge to me as a result of my hardline rule of playing for the stats. So I don't know that. I don't know if I'm still answering the question or playing in general at this point, but because I think the, the, the traits thing in particular is interesting because the doctor who role playing game does not have a traditional level up system. You're not going to get, you know, like, 900 experience points and then ding you gain you know the ability to throw axes at will or whatever the, you whatever told the me I was going to get the ability to throw axes at will I guess why are we so mad at will that was a clever <laughs> lie to get you to play the game with us now the, will knows what but, he did. but what you <laughs> can you, do what you can do during the course of gameplay and we've already seen that with Travis is the actions you take can earn you new traits both positive and negative um, Travis earned the brave trait as a result of what he did in Lethargica and there are things that have happened, I think, in the finale that are probably going to impact uh, both of your character sheets going mm. forward to season two. Uh, which I'm is now quite... a human. You're now human. I'm you half have human on my mother's side. <laughs> yes, you have, you have one heart. Um, yeah, we're doing this thing with a broken comedian arch. I've been talking to Tony Lee no. between seasons. No, that's none of that is true. Um, but uh, shall we actually move on to discussing the next serial, which is, of course... Do we have any more questions from the audience? No, I'm kidding. I actually did have an answer to this question. Oh, <laughs> Funny enough. Oh, yeah, is, is, Roman. Is, yeah, no, is your yeah. answer devils from the team? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, one, yes, which I, I did answer earlier when we'll get into. But no, as, as Roman, I, uh, uh, I still don't know if it was the right thing to, to shoot Maxwell at the end of Handheld War. <laughs> Even when I was doing it, I was like, I'm just doing this to feel like to be cool. Like there was no actual, sort of reason to do no, it I, and and it just like well you know what's funny about that good is that maxwell yeah. hates the doctor because roman <clears throat> yeah there's that whole thing that's this, a weird thing like like maxwell re- regenerated and his his response to regenerating was like i'm gonna find my doctor and kill her when roman's the one who shot him like yeah. right in front of so, him so Which, that is listen you know, we do that, that is, course correcting if you want to ask me if there's something i would change i would definitely change maxwell's thought process at the end of that story um but i i have with Michael, we've we've worked out how a way to iron out some of those those narrative kinks. By the yeah. way, I 100% yeah. having seen Maxel on the show, mm. I 100% believe that Maxel would still be pissed at the doctor because yeah. Roman shot him because yeah. that's it. Maxel <laughs> could be irrationally enough yeah. like, oh, he only shot me because she influenced yeah. him to do it. Like I totally could buy that. Yeah. It just made me laugh when I like I one of the few that I've re-listened to was that one. I was like, yeah. oh, that's really like, weird. Well. I, 
that's a, that's a very good point. And I, I did watch when I decided, uh, separate from Michael, that Maxwell was going to be the the, uh, the the Doctor's antagonist in uh, in that the Handheld War. I did go back and rewatch the Arc of Infinity and and just kind of processed how Maxwell operates. Um, I read a lot of uh, like I read the the TARDIS wiki entry and I read a few other like articles about the character to co- try to really nail him down. And the great thing about Michael, the way that you chose to resolve that um that conflict meant that a lot of that kind of gets thrown out of the window because we got to do something <laughs> really cool which we got to reinvent a classic doctor who character via the 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 medium of regeneration which again allow me to create this version who in my mind again and I, I said this in the in um uh in roman holiday uh is is in my head he's played by Patterson Joseph. Like yeah, that's so great. For me, like if you were gonna do a modern take on Maxill, I think Patterson Joseph oh, yeah. would be great. I think maybe you could get away with doing David Tennant actually, because if you're gonna stick with the whole oh, he's played he'd by be really doctor, good. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't he yeah. just? Yeah. Um but Patterson Joseph playing like you I can picture Patterson Joseph as Maxill in Arc of Infinity, but with what we've done with him since the events of the Handheld War and with what's going to be happening uh, as we go into season two, Patterson Joseph playing a kind of uh, what's the right word? I want to say darker. I feel like that's a little bit cliche, but he's he's there's definitely there's an edge to to Maxwell now. I think. Yeah, um, I mean his whole vibe, previous incarnation was that he had survived all this stuff, yeah. and now he he didn't have that. Yeah, and know. that's the thing. Like that survival, like his regeneration was prompted by something so small and stupid like he survives mm. the time war but he gets shot in the gut by you know by a renegade former president like that's coffee how, in the there. middle of a meat market <laughs> in the middle of a meat I market. mean that's not that small and stuff a renegade former president's a pretty big deal of someone yeah. to get shot by like, yeah but like in a situation where sure. I just love the, the mental hand, image yeah. of because you keep describing him as the darker more bitter Maxwell yeah. but in my mind I'm picturing him as the guy on Jungle Cruise with a goofy hat <laughs> on yeah. so I'm like oh, I think true. he's more of a silly funny Maxwell yeah. I, has Patterson Joseph? He's been on Doctor Who yes, before. Yeah, he? he was in um, Bad Wolf, and, ba- Bad Wolf, and the Parting of the Ways. He was uh, the other contestant. On, oh right, uh, the you're right. Yeah, I, as I knew, I could, just, I could picture him delivering lines, and I yeah. couldn't remember when. Yeah, he's yeah, been. He's such a good the whole weakest well. link thing on an episode of Doctor Who. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that takes you back. Even that was late. For yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. whatever. That's a whole. That's a, that's a whole other. Well, I mean, in the UK, the weakest link never really died, a death oh, okay. in the way it did. It's a pretty strong yeah. link. Yeah. Well, when Big Finish, weakest did link is the like Jeopardy link. is here, where I think it's just like a cultural yeah. mainstay. Yeah. 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 Um. Shall we actually let's let's just pull off the band aid and let's jump straight in. More or less for emails. Got it. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> done. <laughs> to uh, let's jump right into hardwired. Hardwired. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Devils in the deep. Sorry. Devils. I, yeah. From the deep. Michael and I have made no secret particularly in the previous episode, uh, of the fact that I hate what we did. I hate it. I hate it. There's Dislike so much it. I wish I'd, I yeah. so much I wished that we had done differently because we. And by that you mean not giving up complete epilogue to Sergeant Puppers, right? Like we don't know what happened yeah, well, to him after that. That, that was a huge mistake. Yeah. Sergeant Puppers. Really... I am holding out hope for just a standalone Sergeant Puppers episode or maybe a like full a, like serial. Journey into the, what about his own the... spinoff? We, yeah, we're doing a Sergeant Pepper's box set. Journey uh, into the Pub Known. Yeah. <laughs> Four yeah. box sets, 16 episodes. We're going to really dive deep into the Sergeant Pepper's character and also have Sergeant Pepper's meet like Tom Baker and Peter Davison. Yeah, we, yeah. we've been doing we, a little work. Before that. we let you guys scold yourselves too much, can we talk about what we liked about that yeah, episode? Please, yeah, actually, I, please, honestly, please I, do. Because I, I, here's the thing. I'm, I'm so in the weeds with how negatively I feel and how badly I feel like we mispitched and executed on devils from the deep 
Mm. I can't see anything positive. So that at, you guys are going to have to As someone who was in the room when it was happening, I don't feel that way at all. Like I actually really enjoy that one. I'm, I'm you know, obviously I'm not speaking for Riley. You have your own opinion. Um, but I, no, I really like that one. I, you know, granted, um, you know, Travis was kind of sidelined, but that was just by the nature of like what the, um, adventure needed for a little bit, but that was fine. But no, I really like that one. And then like the big, uh, resolution at the end, uh, even I remember when we were recording it, just kind of my heart racing. Actually, yes. The, the stuff with the, the, you know, the, the doctor luring the crab to the beach actually was yeah. inspired. And again, not something that Michael and I had, had thought about. That it's, it's, it's in a way, like, that, that crab situation is kind of the, the prototype, or the, the prototypical getaway part two conclusion in that we, I didn't, I don't think either of us had realized we put these ingredients in place for you to execute on that idea. That wouldn't have come into our minds in a thousand years. <laughs> I loved that so much. Like, I loved <laughs> doing that scene when I realized I could make it happen with what was happening. And I was like, I'm spending every story point. I don't care. I'll do this. Because in my mind, I was even picturing it with that very, like, mid-Tom Baker era mm. special effect. Like, I was, <laughs> like, that level of practical effects. I was imagining, like, like a giant, like, miniature that was, like, 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 chroma keyed in to be the crab. Yeah. I was imagining this, like, clearly, like, controlled explosion on a beach. And, like, it's a far distance away. And, like, a clear stunt person jumping off the boat. Yeah. And the, <laughs> in my head, it was like, I could just see it. Like, I was watching an old Prince of It from that yeah. time. Like, it didn't feel like a modern action movie with, like, these cool cl- close cuts or whatever. It just felt like... It was just so fun in my mind to watch that happening. I also loved the moment when the doctor told the unit officer that Sergeant Puppers outranked them. <laughs> I, think they, I think they were, like, a lieutenant or something like that. And I just loved it. I was like, well, actually, Sergeant Peppers is the ranking officer here or something. I can't remember exactly what I said. But I love that I said it and that I said it in a way that it was clear the doctor 100% believed that. Like, Sergeant Puppers is, is part mm-hmm. of, you gave him a rank and title and that's his title. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to honor it. Yeah. yeah. And I loved yeah. that about it. And I don't know. It was nice to have a story that was kind of almost a, a dungeon crawl. Like, you called it a dungeon crawl in the episode. And I was like, yeah, it's cool to have a thing where it's like, you're at this point. You need to get from here to here. Mm-hmm. You know what? Here's what I will say. To answer the previous question about a decision you wish that you had made differently, I wish that I had understood sooner that you were answering my question about the plastic in the ocean because I didn't quite get the answer you were giving me. Mm. Like, I didn't understand that you were saying it. And I listened to that. I was like, boy, I this scene went on way longer than it had to because I, as a player, was like, I couldn't quite figure it out. And it was like very clear, like, you were like, like hey, this this well is dry and stop. You're like still trying to tap it. And I was like, I wish that I had kind of like gotten through that quicker. Cause well, here's the thing. That's not a bad well to, to tap. And uh, that idea of, you know, cause the, the idea that you were, you were leaning towards was auton controlled sea devils. Yeah. And that's mm. kind of where you're going, which is again, that's a brilliant that's idea. That's a really good idea. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, you were you were like, it, oh, is it the Nestines in thing. the game? I was like, oh, that would be a really good idea. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Text Ben and change the whole idea. Really. But the way, well, the way we were talking in the scene, I couldn't quite figure out if you were telling me, yes, that is what's happening or no, it's not what's happening. And so I kept asking the question and I realized listening to it again, like you had almost blatantly said, that's, I know what you're thinking that's not happening, but like I didn't quite pick right. up on it. So I kept going, even though it was like established that it wasn't yeah. actually happening. That, by the way, the fact that you had that thought and that had not, again, had not, it's one of the things, had not occurred to me and Michael at all that it, that, oh, it could be auton controlled sea devils. I genuinely think at some point, whether we do it as like, uh, 
um, like a, a an interlude episode or as like a um, a bonus thing that we put out for fans somewhere. I would love to have you do a one shot. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow, that'd yeah. be interesting. Uh, and whether we do it as like a like a, a Roman holiday for for Travis, or we roll like one off characters. Or well, what. we should do if we ever do a Patreon for this podcast, mm. we should make that like a Patreon exclusive. Yeah, legally impossible, but yeah, no, it's yeah. not. I I talked to. Uh, we'll talk about it afterwards. Cut yeah. that. Yeah, cut it's that. so funny though with the nesting consciousness because. Uh, I saw on Twitter during Hardwired, and I know I'm jumping to the next serial, yeah. but when it was Nest online, people were like, oh, is yes. it going to be the Nesting consciousness? Right. So it, it's, you know, it's, it's beloved from Rose and it yeah. made one other appearance, but it's, I guess it's just never occurred to us yet, but apparently the fans are chomping at the bit for yeah. the return of the Nesting consciousness. So. People, want, people want them autons. Yeah. Note to sell. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, but going back to the stuff we love though, and yeah, like the, at the end of the episode when you've got the doctor, I think you even describe, uh, the doctor making like a David Tennant slide into the boat. Yeah. <laughs> like there was that, and then there was Travis trying to save Millie, and Millie's like trying to kick out the window. It was like, it was one of those moments that felt incredibly like the show where each of the characters is having, um, their really, it felt very tense season moment. three, like it felt very yes. Donna and Mar- yes. a, a Doctor and Martha. Yeah, it was very tense moment, like towards the end of the episode, and it's like, are they going to resolve it, or is this going to be a two parter kind mm-hmm. of thing? It was just one of those like very cinematic moments, and even going back and listening to it again, it's like, uh, and again, uh, a lot of the credit also goes to our, our editors, um, and and the people who composed the music, but it was just like, it's it's heart racing, it's it's exciting. So, yeah, I I I don't have the same. Uh, uh, bad taste in my mouth uh, for that cereal that that, that you guys. Yeah. Do, do we do we want to talk a little bit about why we we hate it with the fiery passion of a thousand burning suns? Yeah, I think it comes down to honestly, I think it comes down to two kind of main problems I have with the cereal. One, uh, and then they both go back to like the the originating idea of what the cereal sort of was, which. Um, I mean, originally it was what Roman Holiday turned into. It was going to yeah. be the Masters Hawaiian Vacation. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was literally the first idea I pitched for the show. It was like, oh, if we have this cast, like I could show up as the Master for one and kidnap a companion and just like do something with the Sea Devils in Hawaii. Right? <laughs> I just have a black Hawaiian shirt. I was like, oh, I have all the elements to like do this. <laughs> this is doable. Right? I like that you were thinking about your costume. For this well, episode. That, that was, was going to be like, audio. Podcast. I wouldn't have to buy it. We could yeah. if we have to do the photo shoot. I just have it, it. Because good. I think that's something we didn't touch on when we were talking about the reveal that you were mm. Roman and the fact that we tricked you know pretty much everyone except Riley yeah. who was in on it is that we were planning very, very early on oh, when, yeah. when Mel was just, you know, co-producing with us and wasn't going to be a player. We were talking about you appearing as the mask. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I, I have a beard and a, a laugh, I guess. Uh, and just a je ne sais quoi. A sort of evil sais quoi, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, joie de vivre. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, can you give him a story point before yeah, we even start season two? Yes. Roman only has eight. I will take it. Uh, <laughs> those two will be set at the beginning of the next serial. Oh, like all right, spend it before the end of this yeah, record. Yeah, all right. Uh, okay, I'm going to spend it so I can actually talk about those from deep. Uh, no. <laughs> so, so, listener emails. We actually got a Twitter. Dan mentioned the great tweet that we got earlier. <laughs> this is, I, I hope this bit carries through uh, forever. Um, next one, uh, season two. This uh, is anyway. kind of everyone else's a big rock, isn't it? It's just <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's turning into my a big rock because I'm like, oh, God, I'm never going to mention it. Now you know how it feels, Ben. Oh, oh God. Um, Legitimately, by the way, not to prevent you from talking about what was on the deep, but uh, when, when Dan and Riley showed up, uh, Dan did, in fact, give me a, a, a 
t-shirt that says uh, a rock falls and kills you. <laughs> so I now have cute. that as a shirt. It's and I'm never kitten. gonna make that joke again, I hope. But we should definitely get a picture oh, yeah, of you in it. it. You will. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's even been oh, sent by the way, Mike by the way, and it happened immediately in the live six, show. Sixteen by my count. We oh, made the joke geez. sixteen times wow. over the course of season one. Oh my god. I may have wow. lost count because I was when I was doing the that, real that lesson. That is but, not yeah. including the live show where you also made it in the live yes. show. Oh, man. That's right. <laughs> yes. Ah, oh, which the viewers or listeners <laughs> I know they're not viewers. Uh <laughs> no, there are uh, people watching. Oh, that's right. We have the the YouTube folks. That's cool. Okay. So Technically. Yeah. If you're watching loosely. a still image. Of Hello, 10 people. Things. One of whom is Casey. You're great. I feel like for YouTube, we should make like fake stills of the episodes as if they're oh, like reconstructions of oh, the episodes. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, one of the things I, I have, because I've been the one who compiles and renders the, the videos, I realized too late, oh, I could actually use the the album artwork that Michael's been making for each individual serial. And I haven't been doing that. So for season two with the YouTube uploads, which will be, I'll try to do those more promptly because I do those when I have the time. And there's not as many listeners there, so I don't feel as bad about not uploading them promptly. But I w- I'm going to start doing that so they have the album artwork that is unique to that story. Anyway, we are preventing Michael from talking about the <laughs> deep, and it stopped being funny a year and a half ago, and yet here we are. Not to so me, please do yeah. continue. Uh, no, I was, uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you're waiting for one of us to interrupt you, aren't you? That was, that was what all that. Kinda. Yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so, uh, no, we're not going to interrupt you. Yeah, you're we're not going to munch squad you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, no, I'm literally just trying to remember, uh, no, uh, <laughs> I literally just trying to remember what my first point was, but it's fine. My second point was like, the, the whole serial is, oh, this is what, okay, so, uh, one, it goes all the way back to this whole master thing, blah, blah, blah. Two, um, kind of the most basic version of the serial was, okay, players, here's Doctor Who and the Silurians, make it work. Which is an impossible challenge. Like Doctor Who's tried it four times, and basically every time the Silurians die, they explode. Well, the and the doctor's like, yeah, the oh, advantage that we have is that we can put the Silurians in a place and just say, okay, uh, well, the Doctor has agency and is not reading from a script, yeah. so let's see what you guys do. The and what you did was you blew them. Up. <laughs> well, I mean, we also well, hang on, we, hang we on. also made them like yeah, kamikaze oh, yeah. sea devils and made it impossible. Like, yeah, made it impossible to solve. Scenario, yeah, that was is, a frustration that I yeah. had with it. It yeah. felt very much like a Kobayashi Maru kind of like yeah. episode because I had that scene where I got to the door and I had that long conversation with them and it felt like I succeeded on my roles and I convinced them mm. and then it was like, yeah, well, too bad we already launched the nukes anyway. So yeah. it was kind of yeah. like, cool. I, well, I'm glad that all that work I did in character meant yeah. nothing to yeah. the actual yeah. plot. Yeah, and that's one of the things that frustrated because I think f- from from writing to uh, coming up with the flavor text to playing it, I think that so much of what um Michael and I were doing, and I think more so me because I'm the GM, and ultimately, you know, my word is 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 law. Um, uh, <laughs> Lord Game Master. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm I'm the Game Lord. No, uh, although we should start calling me that because it's no. great. Um, uh, I was so hell-bent on, we've got to get Millie into this situation, mm-hmm. we've got to get her, and that's, 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 this is, yeah, that's my this serial thing, yeah. more than any other was about railroading, and I, I hate that, I hate the, mm-hmm. uh, what, what Michael and I did, essentially, was we wrote a big finish audio and assumed you guys would, you know, you make the choices script. that we yeah. wanted you to make, and, and, you, we, we, we broke, we broke the cardinal rule, which is, um, th- that anything can happen. And if we are building towards a specific ending, then we, f- we fail. That's yeah. a failing because you can't write a game campaign in the same way that you would write, you know, a scripted television series or audio play series or what have you. And, and we were so gung ho about here's where we want to get to because the next thing we want to do is Roman holiday. Um, 
that we we broke that rule and i feel the the reason i feel bad is because as much as the, as much of the planning as much as michael is responsible for the planning yeah. mm-hmm. uh, i i i i you know michael and i decided we were going to use a grenade but i'm the one who pulled a pin through it like that's how i feel about it and i feel like there are you know 50 better ways we could have done that we could have not put millie in that in that situation at all we could have let the narrative play out and mm. let millie escape and maybe have come up with a different way on the fly for Millie to not have made it back to the TARDIS. There's so many other ways we can handle that, and so much of that... That's why I'm frustrated with it. So much of that story is railroading. But again, it's the same... I feel the same frustration, or a different frustration, but a frustration nonetheless, with um, uh, where Angels Fear the Trek. But I also feel, again, like it's 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 a learning experience. I, mm-hmm. I feel like uh, Angels and, and Devils, <laughs> hey... Uh, <laughs> Um, we learn accidentally wow, okay. yeah. um, learn key things about not just not just about you know running a game and I, I don't want this to sound negative because I promise you this is this is this is going to sound more negative than it sounds. I feel like that if if one of us were 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 GMing individually and we weren't working together, mm. I feel like we would have been less likely to run away with this idea of oh here's this coil trap and here's what oh, yeah. we can, we're I, so excited to split them up and do this great thing yeah. for the back half of the season oh yeah, yeah, yeah we talked ourselves we were so oh, excited yeah. about these storytelling implications that we forgot we were also playing a game with friends and i think that mm. that for me is why devils is is such a disappointment and such a letdown is is why it's difficult to listen to and i'm, I'm glad dan that you say that it was you know more enjoyable to to listen to and yeah. I, I hope listeners enjoy it more than i enjoyed running it because um, if I ever listen through season one again, I'm skipping. Devils. Well, it's I, I, it's well, totally different when you're the one at the wheel, yeah. and uh, you know, honestly, for better or worse, it's going to make this show a better experience for everyone, for us, the players, for the listeners, for everyone. And you know, I mean, at the first season of any TV show is never perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just that's just how it is and you have to iron out the the kinks as best you can and you know some shame me then <laughs> you know, some people some people will like certain episodes more than others but i you know i stand by i stand by the entirety of season one you know i think um i think ben and michael have had uh, an incredibly daunting task of creating um this overarching story when they don't know what's going to happen because they don't know what the players are going to do. So, you know, I, I thank you for all of that. And don't be so hard on yourselves. Tough. Boy, Have you what, met me? Boy, what a butt kisser am I? <laughs> Here's what I'll say about it. Uh, I think Dan's wrong. No, I think what I'll say about it is this. I think that it's a good comparison between Devils and Angels. I think that the difference between Devils and Angels is that Angels, we as players, pushed back out of character. Mm-hmm. And we're like, no. What this is, what's happening right now is, is, is BS and we're not going to do it. This, we, we solved it and we're mm. moving on. And this time, I think ultimately, if you had improvised a bit more on the fly, I think we would have mostly gotten the same story that mm. we got. And that I think that the difference between angels and devils are that one are in heaven and one, no, is that <laughs> I think the difference between angels and devils is that in angels, when we like pulled out all the stops, we flipped the polarity of all the energy and we defeated them. And then the angels were still there. Yeah. There was a sense yeah, of, yeah. as characters of like, we don't know what else to do at this point because yeah. we're out of options. The whole ship is against us. Whereas in devils, the ingredients to solve the problem were still there. Like the control room. Like we, we were told earlier in the plot 
there is this auxiliary control room. There's this room you have to go to to get the power turned on. So even though, yes, it was very much on rails, you would at least given us the framework of the things that we had. It was like when, when the devils were like, hey, you reached us, but we can't do anything about it now. It's too late. We still, as characters, had options we could do. Mm-hmm. And so we got to the point of, I was like, I think that what would have happened if you had been like, okay, cool, the nukes are turned off, then you still would have had the thing of like, oh, we can't control this crab, and now it's attacking That's the true. station. I had kind of, not going to lie, half forgotten about the crab, because I have a memory like a sieve. Yeah. So Or colander. Yeah, so I, I think that the crab being, and so the idea was sort of like, Okay, well, we stopped the big bad, but there is still this immediate threat that's putting all of us, like, in our characters in imminent danger now. So we need to survive from that. Because that's the, the crab blowing up on the island wasn't stopping the nuke problem. It was just stopping the crab yeah, problem. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. And I, I wish I had had the forethought to do that in the moment. Um, if only the crab had a cell phone, man. It would yeah. change everything. <laughs> oh. uh, I, I, so talking with you guys about it, I feel less bad. I still feel bad because I thought we made a lot of bad choices and I made a lot of bad choices on the day that make it difficult, made it difficult. This is the thing is that I think the fundamental concept was flawed because the seer, we, you know, you and I, Ben, we were not acting as like game masters or game plotters. We were acting as showrunners. Yeah. And that was like a fundamental issue in the way we approached it. But I, I mean, I agree with the two of you. Like, Playing it back in my mind and thinking about all the all those times that you and I have looked across the game table and been like, "This is going so well with our eyeballs." Like it might have just worked out. Like I don't. I, if we hadn't have designed the entire serial as a bear trap yeah. to catch Amelia Earhart, like <laughs> maybe it would have gone. <laughs> but like the whole don't serial, you mean, yeah, was an air trap. Yeah, we built a great big Amelia air trap. I just you know, there's a part of me that still likes the structure of the the kind of hexagonal base that's. That's great. Linear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a, I, and I would love to, maybe, and that might be something I kind of revisit in one of my, you know, many, many games that I, I play that are not recorded for podcasts. Doctor Who's a pretty base heavy franchise yeah. too. We might be able to bring it um, back. But I mean, it would be Doctor Who if we reuse sets. Also. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's true. Uh, especially a base. space, yeah. uh, Revenge <laughs> of the Cybermen. Absolutely. I think Doctor Who as a role playing game is a lot different in the kind of narratives that it brings you than other actual play role playing games like, because I'm in, I'm in two of them, and I've listened to a bunch, and most of them are very much a, hey, okay, you have to get from point A to point B, what are the creative ways you're going to solve that problem? Like, how are you going to fight this? Like, what's the here's a combat scene, yeah. what are some interesting things you're going to do in the combat? Like, what are the ways you're going to talk to these people and stuff like that? With Doctor Who, our serials very much have, like, a core problem that needs to be solved. Yeah. And not that that's not true about other things, but Doctor Who, it's, it's very much a game of there's like a central problem that needs to be solved. And that, I mean, that, that is also true about other games, but like I'm trying to think of like the adventure zone. I'm trying to think of any of the balance campaign mm. arcs that are similar to what the Doctor Who one is. And I think that maybe the only one I can think of is maybe 11th hour. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Too. That might yeah. be one like that. Yeah, like, yeah, Hey, maybe. you have to like figure this whole pattern out and then that leads to a solution. Mm-hmm. I think amnesty does it a bit more because amnesty is so much about like, we have to put these clues together to figure out how to stop this monster. Mm-hmm. It's like, what we have to learn what its weaknesses are and take notes. And I think that's that doctor who is much more like that. Yeah. And so it, there is to some degree a level of plotting that you as the, as the showrunners or as the, DMs have to do because you have to make sure there are enough elements in there for us to do and pick up, pick things mm. up with. Cause otherwise we can feel really lost as players in this system because it's like, 
I know that like it's supposed to come down to me to figure this out at some point, and I don't know if I always know the answer, and I get like anxious sometimes. That, that's I'm, like, a huge I don't know source. What to do, that's know? a huge, huge source of anxiety for me as well. Is the fear that we haven't given you enough pieces of the puzzle? Um, there's well, the, the fear th- for me is like you've given them and I just didn't yeah. put them together properly. Well, we're both kind of looking at it's we're looking at two sides of the same anxiety coin is really <laughs> what is happening here. Um, I've often described and the way that I would describe the Doctor RPG before we started running this game is. Because it isn't as combat focused as something like Pathfinder or D&D, you have to basically build puzzles. It's like yeah. building a, uh, a Doctor Who RPG campaign or like a serial is like having to very quickly build a LucasArts style point and click adventure game where the, there are eight million verbs that the player can choose from. Yeah. And they might decide to wander somewhere where the artists haven't drawn a room yeah. and you've got and, to quickly do that room on the floor. And I don't think, uh, we've come across a point where any of the players couldn't think of a mm. scenario to get out of it. I think, I think yeah. in Devils, we came closest to that with the gravity bombs and where, where I had an idea, but Travis was not in the room and not in communication. So I basically just had to sit there until the characters were like, let's see what Travis has to do. And then I was able yeah. to do it. But I think other than that, though, we've never been in a record for it scratching our heads like talking out of character to one another yeah. what are we what are we supposed to do and like that's the thing that other shows have to deal with too like i, I don't want to keep going back to the adventure zone but we all know what inspired this podcast so i think that's why we think of it quickly but there's the episode of the crystal kingdom where they talk about when they when they came across the the like learning robot yeah and how like griffin was very honest in the discussion later that, like they cut like an hour of game out of that because they yeah. just could not figure out the solution to things and they like they just took them so long to get this puzzle yeah. figured out but yeah i like what I, we're just popped in my head when we're talking about the narrative and structure like i don't know if you dropped my, me as a player into the middle of of like heaven sent i and like okay riley you're wandering this castle and the castle keeps changing and there's a ghost trout thing that finds you and kills you if, if it catches you and this would i have ever figured out like oh that's my clothes and my boots and i'm living this loop would i have ever like going oh if i if you took me to yeah. that room and there was a wall of diamond would i as a player ever go oh i'm gonna punch through that wall of diamond or, <laughs> or is or is it really what happened is that like if capaldi was the player in a role-playing game like his version of the doctor like is is him punching the wall the same version as me? Like I'm gonna jump on this boat and drive the crab to the ocean, <laughs> and like maybe as a as a as a GM, like you were like, oh, we made this cool castle, and then suddenly your players like, so I'm gonna keep punching this wall for 4.5 billion years yeah. to get out of it, story and points. you're like, I guess, I'm, I guess we're contained. doing that yeah. now. So that's a, I I, yeah. I do often try to think about when I watch Doctor Who episodes now, I do kind of have this thing in my head of like. Is this what a player would do in this scenario? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if this episode was done as a role-playing game? There's a blog. I forget the name of the blog. I think maybe you remember it because we've talked about it before in in a couple of production meetings very early on. Mm. Before there was before the Peter Capaldi source book came out, which by the way, Cubicle Seven are taking pre-orders for the Twelfth Doctor source book right now. Um, nice. But uh, that bef- long before that, there's a blog that r- does write-ups about. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 not at all. No, there's a, there's a blog that does write-ups from the perspective of, um, Stephen running a game of the Doctor Who role-playing game (laughs) for Peter and Jenna and, and, if you can find that, you should link that on the Twitter. Yes, I will will link link it on the Twitter and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes as well. Yeah. Uh, I think I have it bookmarked on my computer. Mm. Um, but, uh, like this person, um, they, they do write-ups of the entire season. They, 
it, and it was a very useful resource, um, particularly for um, when we did our galley live show because I needed to pull a character sheet for King James, and yeah. they, they made character sheets for. It was a really oh, you cool mean resource. Satan's greatest foe? <laughs> yes. Ooh, yes, yes. Um, so can great, I, the audio we exploded. didn't we didn't record that. Oh, we did, but we, we don't did. Have we it. couldn't yeah. use yeah. it. But yeah. one of the mics can didn't work, unfortunately. One of my one of my most favorite things since starting this podcast was that nobody but Ben knew that I was playing Missy, oh, and so I loved the moments in that game <laughs> yeah. when we did the wig pool. Yeah, and it was like Missy the whole time because like, my original plan was just to play Missy, and then we like. Then Ben was like, oh, we're going to have you play a different character. And then we couldn't figure out who I was going to play. We had like a long conversation about it. Yeah. And then I like sent Ben a DM that was like, I figured it out. And I sent him a GIF of King yeah. James. He's like, oh, it's brilliant. And it was <laughs> so good. Because we met, we had a meeting. Yeah. This conversation is for like the 50 people who are in that room with us. But yeah. we oh, had that meeting that. to figure out what we're going to do. And it was in that conversation we were like, okay, so we shouldn't. Everyone, everyone, we, everyone already knows you want to play as Missy. We think, but it would be cool if you were pretending to be this other character yeah, instead. Yeah, and like Ben was like, "We're going to say that we tried to make Missy yeah. work and couldn't make." And it I did. Work. I sent a group text. And we even <laughs> cheated, and Ben had like, "I'm going to roll for everybody who's playing the Doctor yeah. and who's not playing the Doctor," and he just like lied. Yeah, he's, he's a liar. I'm a liar. Lie. He lies all the time. Ben sat at a table gel. and looked at everybody in the face in front of a and live lied audience. Lied to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, wow. And was like, yeah, Riley's playing the mundane character. And then that, I was like, oh, my mundane character is, is King James the first. And I then if... I wasn't, I was playing Missy the whole time. <laughs> I don't know if King James is that mundane, the, but <laughs> I think, I think well, the... next, next to who, next to, uh, to, uh, <laughs> to your doctor. Uh, and next doctor to, who? I think the, the, the original fact, who? The fact yeah. that we have yeah. started talking about the Galley Live show, I think is a sign that we should move away from yeah. the from the deep. Yeah, there is one last well, thing. Yeah, I have but, a last thought on it too, but I want to hear your thoughts. So there's the one thing that I, I did do, and I don't know if this was, I don't know if anyone caught this either in the room or who were listening, but there were, there were, um, there were three unit soldiers. There was Corporal Barton, there was Corporal Hartley, and there was Sergeant Toombs. There were four unit soldiers. Mm -hmm. Sergeant, Sergeant Puppers. Yes. And yeah. the dead one, uh, Ho. Ho. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Corporal Barton, I don't know if anyone caught this at the time. Um, I exclusively used they, them pronouns for Corporal Barton. And that was because early on in the planning stages, Michael and I had to say, I think, I don't know if it was something we discussed or something I just did, mm. actually, but, um, I, I made the decision to make that particular character non-binary. Um, and I, but I didn't want to make it like a, a big deal. I just wanted to, that, that's who they are. Those are the pronouns I'm going to use and I'm going to not make a big deal about it and, and trust that the players are going to follow suit. And I think you did. I, I don't know if you, yeah. I can't remember. I can't if you remember now. To that. Now, I, now I'm like um, really feeling guilty that I might not have. I, I don't, I honestly, I don't, I honestly can't remember in the I room. I was having like a moment of correction because there was one little bit where I think you had slipped yes. on the pronouns and in some tiny piece of like narrative stuff. And then and I, like, oh right. Yeah. And then that kind of helps yeah. get us back on track. And I yeah. wanted to, I wanted to mention that because, um, in part because I don't know how many people who listen to this thing are going to follow me on Twitter. I know you guys in the room are aware of this, but I very recently came out as, as non-binary. Um, and my, my pronouns are, are they them? And, um, this has been, that's something that I, I've kind of been internally debating with myself now for many, many years. And I, there have been many little ways in which I've kind of explored gender identity when playing video games and when doing tabletop stuff and when writing stories and so on and, and just making, one of those characters non-binary just felt to me like it was something that I had to do not not just you know as, as part of my own self-exploration but for any you know non-binary people who may be listening 
or people who may be, you know, questioning their own gen- gender identity who might have caught that. Again, I didn't want to lampshade it or make it too like, hey, look, here's the non-binary character. Because that, that rubs me the wrong way sometimes when it's, mm-hmm. when it's, mm. uh, too aggressively lampshaded. Um, but I wanted to do it and I, again, I don't know who saw it, but I wanted to kind of mention that that was something that, that, that was a choice that was, that was consciously made. I, I appreciate you doing that as well. Even as some, even if you weren't yourself non-binary and it's your own representation, I think that it's something that people should be doing mm. more of in storytelling. Um, one thing that frustrates me, not so much, I think, like, like Michael said, we kind of did inform us at least that a character a little bit that was the case. I get so frustrated when I listen to a show where a character is, is established as non-binary by the, by the GM or DM and it's not made clear to the other players necessarily mm-hmm. and then next thing the other players are just constantly misgendering yeah. them and it's like okay well if you as a as a someone who's running a show is going to make this decision for this character like okay yes realistically that is a thing that people deal with in their lives but it, it frustrates me as a listener to those when that happens because yeah. i'm like okay because you didn't give the people the information they needed out of character now people listening to the show who are affected horribly by that like that like who for whom that could be like almost traumatizing or like at least just like it's like oh like why can't i escape yeah i just like i'm like i'm like i'm i get so frustrated when it happens because i'm like you were doing a thing that you were trying to do to like be progressive and that's great but you didn't do the steps you needed to do to make sure that listeners who identify with that group aren't suddenly having a difficult time listening to the podcast because the thing you're trying to be you're reaching for is actually actually instead representing the worst part of their life like uh, yeah and representation <laughs> is, is is hugely important and um earlier to, I, was, I was telling michael this when he was setting up the mics earlier but earlier today um on my journey both to and from work i decided i'm going to listen to the first and last the the adventure zone zones for the balance arc mm-hmm. because i decided you know i may as well uh, i should do that because that's the quickest way to kind of digest that arc again and i'm itching to to, to listen you're to getting again. in the the recording zone zone yeah yeah <laughs> um and uh and the they talk a little bit particularly in the the post finale uh the the adventure zone, zone or is they they talk you know about 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 loop and about wanting to do uh, trans representation and um i i remember the first time I listened to it, and again when I was walking home, thinking um, these are these are four um, uh, you know cis straight guys talking about wanting to do um, you know trans representation, queer representation, and that's that's hugely important. And I do think more people should be should be doing it. Um, and I, I absolutely like. I think it's imp- it's important to do. And I I. I feel like i had a point that i was building towards but i've been distracted by the fact that my cat just walked under the table uh, <laughs> he's a sweet um, little i yeah the, the macroways is a great example too of like people who don't always get it right and they know they don't get it yeah. right and they work no, yes. better in the future because like one example that i was thinking of when i was saying my thing that frustrates me is roswell in the first balance arc in i'm, I'm sorry in 11th hour is that Roswell is identified as they, through, and Roswell's not quite yeah. a non-binary character as much as it's like two beings that were combined into one, yeah. but they're still using they. But Roswell keeps getting called he throughout that arc, mm. and it frustrated the, yeah. the crap out of me. Yeah. But then you cut to Amnesty, and you have Hollis, who is very clearly identified as they pronouns, yeah. and is very consistently given the they pronouns, to yeah. the point where I almost wonder if, if they were misgendered at any point, and they just like re-edited them and saying it right, so they mm. wouldn't have that like issue with it, because... Yeah. 
I think that like there is a, there is a degree of like yeah people screw up and that needs to be acknowledged. But I think that like for me as a listener, as a trans listener, boy am I I'm not a big fan of like constantly hearing characters get misgendered. Yeah. Even even balance is so funny because they didn't know that loop was going to be loop when they first found that skeleton in the yeah. basement and in, in the in the the dungeon. And they call Loop he a bunch of times. Like the skeleton is like, mm. oh, he's like that. And like, I don't, I never really thought of it as an issue for me, but people have commented, like I've seen like posts where like re-listening to the show by virtue of that change being made, that decision yeah. being made later in the arc, that retroactively made that scene a lot harder for some people to listen to, because, especially because you're like, oh, her, she can hear them because she's in the umbrella. Oh, God. And yeah. she I even hears Taco yeah. saying he about the skeleton. Yeah. And it's like this thing where it's like, oh, it's so weird how that kind of comes yeah. together. And anyway, I talked a lot about Adventures yeah. on there. Maybe we should no. move on to our show again. <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole other show. Um, but yeah, I, representation is something that is, it's important to me. Uh, it's, in, I'm, I, I'm very aware of the fact that it's important to everyone else on this show. Uh, and that's something that, um, that Michael and I will be very consciously thinking about going forward for season two, especially uh, in light of my, you know, coming out. Um, but we've spent, 8,000 full years talking about mm-hmm. Devils from the Deep. Well, it is also, Not by the way, time. today we're recording this on coming out day, so yes. it's mm-hmm. a good time to talk, even Absolutely. though this, it will be airing later, it's good to be yes. talking about it today. Yeah. So we'll probably end at the end of the like representation talk and then go, let's move on. Yeah. So. Uh, well, I, yeah, we spent quite a lot of time uh, talking about Devils from the Deep, uh, which is not very good, and representation, which is vitally important. Um, we can't spend... Devil's Deep is, 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 is good. Okay. It's not our best serial, but I think, I don't think it's as flawed as the two of you it's... are giving out. No. It's, uh, it's... I think Devil's turned out better than Angels. I think... I think Devils from the Deep, I think, has kind of become our love and monsters in that half of us love it and half of us hate it, but for very different reasons. Um, but let's, let's move on. Um, cause if we spend that much time talking about every serial, we are going to be here until we are 90. That's so what happened last time. Let's yep. move on, uh, and talk, next is Hardwired, in which, uh, the Doctor and Travis Sands Millie, um, find themselves accidentally revisiting Travis's hometown of Sheffield, New, Jer- New Jersey. Yes. Sheffield, New Jersey, six months after he disappeared and encounter The Wire, a villain from, uh, from the, uh, Russell T. Davies, David Tennant years. Yes. Um, and they, it- it's so funny. Yes. Like I, I remember, well, during the last episode, uh, we were talking about do we ever know anything ahead of time? And I just wish I had been told that I needed to name a couple of coworkers because, like, I was so because <laughs> I'm so bad at coming up with just even just regular names on the fly. And it was really funny because during that one, you said name some of your coworkers, and I said no, <laughs> and you heard it as Noah. And just named the character. I'm like, great. Yeah. You named, you took no, one of them away from me. Yeah. That was me. Yeah, no, I know, but it was no. great, but no. it was just, yeah. So that was like the only time I was like, oh, if we're going to deep dive into it. It's yeah. like, but no, it was, it was very fun yeah. to, uh, but there's no way to ask you for those prompts. Like, unless we're like, hey, let's do, uh, let's just do fun, your childhood mad list. Yeah. Like, there's no way to do that without, <laughs> without kind of tipping our hat. Oh, a bit. of course. And I, I, you know, I, I think that these stories work better. Unless there's a, a strong story reason for you to have information ahead of time, I think they work better with without that going. Oh, 100%. It was just, yeah. there, yeah. there were so but many I think instances. putting him on the spot to yeah. have to name characters, that, that is yeah. one of the hardest things in D&D mm. to do, is like, okay, yeah. name this character. Like, yeah. ah! Yeah, and then, yeah. and then with the police <laughs> officer, I think it was, was it Dave Johninson or something so, like that? Yeah. It was, that was me just, spitting out syllables but, but it was it. fun yeah but it was it, yeah. but it was very fun because it ended up you know being yeah. hilarious purely by accident so obviously that was the first recording session where we you know the the number of companions had changed which i think 
you know, when it happens on the show, it shifts the dynamic considerably. Uh, how did it feel for you guys to be, um, you know, to be, you know, to be in a slightly emptier TARDIS, to be, to, 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 to not have, um, you know, a third character to, to bounce off of and to interact with? Particularly, cause I, th- I feel like it totally changes the vibe of that serial, particularly when you guys are exploring mm. the library and making those discoveries. How did it feel well, for you guys? Real quick, there was that opening scene where it takes place at right when Devils ended. And before we started recording, I even said to Riley, I might be coming in a little hot and it's just the character of it. Mm. And it didn't, it didn't end up playing that way. But, um, I think we were sort of like emotionally, or at least I was, uh, uh, emotionally preparing for what that was going to be um but it was it, it go go ahead and say what you were yeah i was gonna say like you know as much as yeah we didn't have millie like literally there in the episode but it didn't also feel like millie was missing from the episode because her absence was so present in our characters minds throughout it mm. that it was like i i think for me the challenge was less like how to play this new dynamic as a group and more how to play the doctor without being like too preoccupied with where Millie was. Cause that was the thing for me is like, yeah, there's a whole adventure happening. And once the mystery started, I think that that kind of went away a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I think is typical of doctor who, I think there's a lot of mm-hmm. occasionally when, when a thing bleeds over from a previous episode, mm-hmm. it kind of goes to the wayside when like the events start happening. The thing that, you know, we talked about earlier about regrets we have with role playing. I, I do kind of wish that I had had the doctor check in with Travis a little bit more as things went on because, oh, I just lost somebody and now I have this person who is relying on me. Like why, why I kind of when listening to it again was like, why didn't she do a better job of like making sure that he was okay? But you know, that's kind of, yeah, like my name already quarterbacking. So I wish that's that I kind of part for the course with the doctor though too. Yeah, you know. that's true. Yeah. I mean, but it just yeah, to me, it, it definitely felt like, I would have done like at least one scene where I like checked in with Travis a bit while we were like in his yeah. hometown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. we never did end up like going to see Travis's parents. That's the thing yeah. too. We kind of like planned it and then didn't do it. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, uh, Mike and I did plan like what would happen if you were to go and interact with your parents. We planned what would happen if you were to go to say the police station. Like when you saw those missing posters, we yeah. thought you guys might want to check out the police we planned station. Yeah. A lot of the town. I mean, yeah. there, I mean, it's good that you did that because obviously Travis is still on the show and it's like, yeah. that could still be something. But yeah, I mean, yeah. when, cause the first thought of Travis should report him with his parents, but then there was this imminent danger. It did almost make more sense. It's like, it's just going to create another problem. And that was why at the end I threw that little like coda moment of writing the letter. It's like, Hey, you're probably going to hear that I was around. Uh, just know I'm okay kind of thing. But like in the moment, I think, I, I, I think this ties in what, what Riley was saying where it is very much a doctor who stable where even though there's other things going on, sometimes the, uh, the danger that's in front of you, uh, takes precedent in that situation. Um, I will say that it was, Super interesting not have, having our heavy with us. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one episode where Mel says that she is, uh, basically our security officer and she's a hundred percent right. And it's funny because it naturally evolved where our doctor was the captain and Millie was the security officer and Travis almost by default fell into the communications slash science officer. It's just kind of 
how it came it to be. I think, I think the doctor yeah. is yeah. also Scientologist. Absolutely. The doctor is oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Scientologist. Yes. Yeah. I also yeah. just said Bones, Spock, McCoy, which two of those people are the same. Kirk, <laughs> <laughs> Spock, McCoy. Well, it's, once, it's the yeah. Carl Urban, and it's also... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, because it was like the, the scene where Travis goes into the basement and it's like, I don't know what to do if there's going to be an altercation here. It was just, it, it was a new, it was a new, uh, light to put, uh, the show in where we don't have, you know, Amelia Earhart and the Rancho Room 5000 yeah. to, to bust some heads. And, yeah, uh, which I think was actually good for that scene. Absolutely. Or at least, I don't want to say good because it might have been great the other way as well. But it made that scene go in a way that it might, it would not have gone. That, that's a good example of a scene that was different because of those yeah. two. Being, the, yeah. the, the tension. Mm. Um, oh God, when, yeah, listening to it as yeah, well. Yeah, uh, of, you know, trying to reason with the officer. Like we were like on pins and needles when we were recording it. I feel like too. It was like we were holding our breath. So yeah, yeah I mean, that was, I mean, in the moment, my, my primary thought was I, his, I, I, I'm, I'm the cop and I need to, st- I need to, to, basically encourage you to leave. You're a cop? No, sorry. sorry. <laughs> uh, but listening to it, like, <laughs> I had not realized just how tense that moment is to just hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's different because I think that there are certain moments that as the GM, you experience them differently than the player. Like, I can't, I don't know what how tense you guys felt in the moment compared to... I felt it. I was just listening to the thing. Yeah, I, that's something that I, I, I got to kind of experience listening to that episode again. Um, which, you know, I think really, really worked well. And I think one, one of the things that I really like about that, that serial as a whole is I, I think that shifting the dynamic between, you know, by shifting the team TARDIS dynamic by removing a player mm. and then also kind of, um, digging a little bit more into, into not, not even Travis's past, but like what his imminent future would have been mm-hmm. and finding the perfect Doctor Who monster to do that with. Yeah, like, the bolt out of the blue. I yeah. can't even remember whose idea it was. I think it came to like both of us because we were just like, the thought process was, well, first of all, I mean, again, like the, the serial would never have existed without, oh, yeah, uh, that, that, uh, without that, that yeah. scene in Lethargica. And it, it pushed us to be like, oh, what would have happened to Travis in that scenario? Yeah. And, and because of that, it opened up this whole thing of like, oh, what, you know, what monster would, and at that point, we were kind of in a groove of reusing sort of previous monsters as well, because, I mean, frankly, there's, like, whole books of pre-generated... Yeah, there's, like... And I'm, I'm, monsters and I'm staring at that, like, Ben's you know DVD work. collection. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty easy. And at the same time, we were, you know, in the same way that The the Wire in The Idiot's Lantern was this parable for 50s and TV rotting brains and all that stuff, you know, we thought, oh, we're going to do all the... We're going to go to the 90s. It's going to be a library. We've got to do something with computers. If it's computers and the internet, and then it's just like, yeah. kind of hit us at the same time, like that same kind of lo-fi monitor face thing as the yeah. wire in those old kind of tube TVs would yeah. be very cool in that. The, Did you ever you know, consider using the great intelligence of the monster because of the whole, the something in the Wi-Fi element of the Bells of St. John's? Ooh. That had never occurred. It occurred we, to me, I don't know about it. Did yeah. we talk about it? We talked about the Spoonheads, the like little server we dudes did. from yes. the Bells of St. John, but for me, I I like the great intelligence and I like the Yeti stuff. I actually didn't personally enjoy the like move to the Wi-Fi and the server guys and like that part of it, so for me it was just like, 
well, that's not my great until. So this is like, was it really, <laughs> like, just as like a silly, like me being yeah. the guy well, who's typing things some of the time, like that just didn't really yeah. click in. I feel like me. the wire and the great intelligence, even though they're very similar and how they were used yeah. are very different types yeah. of monsters. Mm-hmm. And like the wire, the wire is very yeah. much like a, consu- a consuming monster, whereas yeah. the great intelligence is more like a, like a foe that you defeat with intellect. Yeah. And yeah. that was part of it too, honestly, was, you know, the, the wire wants to expand. The wire wants to grow. And we had this gag. Once we had sort of thought about the wire of, I don't even know if it was conscious or unconscious, but that same consumerist vibe of like, if the wire's stuck in New Jersey, where does it want to go? New York City. You know, like, <laughs> if you're stuck in New Jersey, where do you yeah, Sorry, go? that just hit way too close, though. Which no, is, right? But like, it is such a, it's which, such a real yeah. thing. Yes. It's a real, and, and being able to like, put this into this whole other kind of, analogy as monster yeah. and put a whole other layer on it like that's always been the goal for us yeah. is is yeah. remixing and, and, and the wire's creepy like i just oh, re- right. i just rewatched the episode i hadn't watched that episode in a while and it's very tense like it you know it's like the 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 woman is like screaming, feed me, and yeah. it's like hungry. Yeah, hungry. Oh, yeah. I just and, watched the Little Shop of Horrors last night at the Pasadena Playhouse. Yes, yes. Hey. to it as well. Uh, and, it's, and it very much, it's very much a similar vibe to what the Audrey Two is doing in the play. Of like, yeah, the whole point is like let's do cuttings and move around the world and, and take oh, over yeah. the whole world. This Funny way. enough, I played Seymour in uh, the uh, my local town production of Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, the town, nice. the town Suddenly that Seymour Chef- is sitting beside. <laughs> <me>. <laughs> Oh, terrible. Um, story point for you. What, what I would say about that episode is that, like, I liked that episode, that storyline a lot, and I liked how it ended with a very Justice Once Everyone Lives kind of moment. The, the music choices mm-hmm. one that David picked, like, it's such a, yeah. it's, it's such a Russell T. Davies era, like, music pick. I yeah. love it. I did get a little frustrated with myself listening back to it. I think I played a little bit of Calvin Ball towards the end where I was like, wait, I'm doing this. No, I'm doing this. Wait, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And I can I, I got a little frustrated with myself of like, all right, Riley, just pick course of action and go with that. <laughs> um, but I think it still went, it ended yeah, in a oh, place I that it. I was very I love happy the, with. I love that story so much. Um, and then Dan just found a, a story on the internet recently yeah. where the iOmega zip drives can now be like accessed by like Apple watches or whatever. Yeah, so, so they have to congratulations bring back a, on predicting I picked the, the one item yeah. that yeah. would not be air gap as much as I thought it would yeah. be. But I will, I will, so there's two things I want, I want to say. The first thing is that, um, Get out. So much, yeah, get, get out of my apartment. The first thing I want to say is the one thing we didn't do in that story that I wish we had done because so in, in, in the same way that the wire's avatar in the idiot's lantern, which is obviously the, the story that the wire first appears mm. in, in, in the show, um, is kind of a, an amalgam of kind of the, the kind of austere, um, kind of BBC presenter of the day. I, the thing that I remember thinking as we were going into planning getaway was, I wish we'd done something like that for, for, for Hardwired. And then it occurred to me exactly who that would be. And that's why, uh, when Travis is walking along the gantry to the dish, the face you see is the Doom Guy face from Doom. <laughs> because that's exactly who that would have, yeah. who that would have been. And really good, <laughs> like a really good, or evil yeah. clippy. Or yeah. Even, evil Clippy. We all, yeah. yeah, we were honestly thinking, like, that was the thing we yeah. had talked about in the room was like, oh, the wire's evil Clippy. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. you wanna, oh, hey, it looks like you're, uh, trying not to take over the world? Like, buddy, you should, um, <laughs> yeah. I got some yeah. advice on that, you know, like. Yeah. yeah, but also, like, the setting of it, cause, like, I, I think that one takes place in January or February, so, like, yeah. There, there's the element of it being cold, and I, I know you, I know in the description you say it's day, but for whenever I listen. It's three months off, it's January 11th, and the reason I picked that date is that it's my dad's birthday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I always picture it at night, just, I don't know why, I think just because that time of year, it's dark, it's cold, and that mm. added like a lot of like the creepy 
factor to it, but that's me, you know, misimagining the word picture that you had painted. But, um, but I think that the fact that it's like cold and it's like that yeah. dead of winter, like adds that yeah. kind of, uh, you know, that, that, um, breath breathing on the back of your neck yeah. kind of tension that I love in scary movies. Like I don't care about, uh, slasher movies or jump scares, but like when you feel tense and I feel mm. that hardwired had a lot of that yeah. kind of like, like you find yourself holding your breath yeah. without realizing. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we explicitly picked a time of day for the story to take place. I don't. I don't think I mentioned like it's night now. Yeah. Oh, it, great. It's funny because <laughs> I was imagining it as daytime. So it's funny. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Night. I think in my mind's eye, it's when close. I listen to it, I think it's very early morning when you guys arrive, early enough that it's still dark out, and then to kind of mirror the progression of the story, the sun rises and light shines on Sheffield, New, New Jersey, for really the first time in a long time. Um, and, and Mr. Blue Sky, please tell yes. us why. I <laughs> yeah, and then Elton's there with his paving slap, and um, oh, but so that romantic. hasn't happened yet. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of really cool stuff there that we again we didn't touch on. We didn't touch on your your uh, you know your parents, Travis's parents. We didn't touch on the fact that you know Travis opted to get in the TARDIS as opposed to wait three months for the release of the Phantom Menace. <laughs> um, but maybe these are things we will return to at maybe? a later date because we do have some ideas in that direction but i think um unless there's anything else we want to throw out now seems like a really good time to kind of touch upon uh roman holiday oh. well can we do a couple of list of questions we haven't yeah. done those in a while we have a look at the, the list. michael you have it open as well right i think we've covered like the lion's share of the main yeah we've questions. really hit the kind of specific ones there's one that's really pretty getaway related that i'd like to ask and then we've got some season two ones yeah so yeah let's, let's just let's talk. dive straight into uh into roman holiday which yeah. i know you guys were not present because we recorded this adam uh, at melinda's and they called it amelia we recorded this at melinda's <laughs> apartment and it was just me, Michael, and Mel. Yeah, and that um, wasn't on purpose. That was just because of a scheduling snap. Yeah, like, yeah, we, yeah. The room we normally record in was available for less time than we thought it was going to be. Because the original plan was to record just two episodes back-to-back. One was going to be The Wire. One was going to be... Yeah, that's yeah. the other thing is that Hardwired, yeah. hardwired, hardwired ended up becoming a two-parter by virtue of how long we spent on that story, which I think honestly is better. I think it gives that story the room to breathe that it really needed to be. Yeah, yeah I think mm-hmm. it was a two-part. Yeah. You know, it was like... Yeah. How much stuff we have. I also there. spent like 40 minutes describing like the exact layout of the library. So that's a bit on, that's a bit on me. Yeah. It's um, good to know though. This is, we, these are the things is like it's, it's, it's Travis's home. And, and like you're talking about with that kind of Russell Davies thing, like we built Sheffield, New Jersey one as a funny reference to the current season of Dr. Yes. Uh, two, but like it's well within our intentions to go back there. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know where or when, but. I do, and I'm not going to tell you. Uh, so, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> so let's... Oh, and also, sorry, uh, sorry. No, no, well, but going all the way back to your bit about springing names on you, it's funny to me that it wasn't until like Serial Seven, you know, e- even at you know Serial Six or Seven, Ben and I were still learning lessons about like, mm. oh, we should just generate names before <laughs> we come in, and yeah. it's like a thing that we, you know. Have I, learned since. Then I think the decision that we we were thinking of at the time was um, because the, again it's the same thing from uh, from you know Edge of Discovery is that because of the nature of Doctor Who because of the nature of the format of the show which is the format we've adopted for the podcast you guys don't have as much of a say in the world building hmm. so I think situations like um, a little bit with Lethargica and but predominantly with with uh, with Hardwired we wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of carve out you know your characters background where they grew up and who their parents were and who their friends were and i i think with hindsight maybe a little more forewarning about that might have been better but again i think it. Made I, don't, t- I don't think it yeah, i don't think no. it hamstring the yeah. storytelling at all i think yeah. 
it just made me have to think on my toes a little bit more. But also, I kind of liked, uh, you know, I, I wrote up a character backstory, yeah. but I didn't want to go too specific because yeah. I did want to give you guys the freedom to tell the story. And, <laughs> and yeah, so it's... And I mean, what's great is since then, you know, we have talked about what yeah. Travis's backstory Yes, and... In season two, we've ironed out more. Have, yeah, having re-listened to season one, I basically realized I sort of left myself a little bit of a trail of breadcrumbs without doing it, so I have gone back and sort of fleshed out yeah. more of his backstory. Um, not that I don't think that Travis was fleshed out, but now... I wrote up a new dossier and I gave it to, to Ben and, yes. uh, and Michael. So, you know, if they want to take anything from it, great. Yeah. If not, cool. I like listening to these episodes. Yeah. Let's, uh, let, cause I, I'm very aware that we, we don't want to spend forever recording this, this particular episode of the yes, podcast because yes. that we, we also want to be able to record a season, season two at some point. Stephen two at some point. Sure. Um, but so let's future. move on Steven to Tuniverse. Steven Tuniverse. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, Steve, Steven two is Audrey two's brother. Their last yes. name is two. Yeah. Ah. Um, so, uh, let's talk about, um, Roman Holiday. And again, this one was predominantly me doing the planning. Michael, uh, playing Roman in that episode. Yeah. Well, originally, your plan was to have Dan yes, help I, you plan yeah. it. Yeah. So a lot of my plan was to kind of see if you guys wanted to contribute to kind of the, 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 the writing of this particular story and the, the, the logistics of getting together to do that, um, didn't quite work out in part because of my fault. I, I kind of fell off the map communication wise and it's didn't fine. follow up and, I still want, I still would very much like to, again, and again, I, you know, the idea of having you guys do one shots at some point, however we end up doing that, I think would be, would be a lot of fun to have you guys GM. Um, but the, we had, we had a, a, an idea that, that, uh, that Michael and I had discussed, which was, uh, Roman takes Millie, they have a little side adventure, um, the Master's Hawaiian Vacation. The Master's Hawaiian, Hawaiian Vacation is what that all boils down to. We and we just got fixated on that even after the Master stopped being the Master and was, was yeah, Roman. It's, you know, we wanted to do our Dr. Light. Yeah. episode you yeah know, like the modern show does yeah and uh really... the idea that i the idea that we came up with was that uh roman has been on the run for the time from the time lords for potentially like centuries since the events of of the handheld war we kind of alluded to that with the grain grain his temples mm-hmm. um but now now he has millie on board millie kind of acts as a like millie's presence on board the tardis confuses the time lord's ability to track his tardis and which i don't know if we've ever like yeah, we did not say that out loud. We didn't like outright explain yeah. at any points. We should probably yeah. do that in season two. Well, yeah. I mean, as yeah. as just a listener to yeah. the episode, I didn't get that until right yeah. now. So thank you for uh, yeah. yeah I think that's something that w- maybe uh, maybe I should not have shared that. That's something we could probably play with a little bit in season two, and we may We're well still to. do. But <laughs> I think it's important. I think because it is it is something that was kind of integral to that story that we didn't overtly say. I think it makes sense to share that here. Um, but I was given free reign to decide, kind of with Roman deciding, well. Now the Time Lords can't track me. I want to take a break. I want to relax. Mm-hmm. Um, I had free reign to kind of decide what that nature of that relaxation was. And knowing that Michael had decided that his TARDIS was kind of a mirror of the Doctor's TARDIS, which is if the Doctor's TARDIS takes the Doctor where she needs to go, then Roman's TARDIS takes him where he doesn't really want to go. And so the decision to have, if Roman wants to go on vacation, then, uh, then the, 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 the TARDIS, your TARDIS, Michael, uh, the reaction is, well, fine, you can, you can have a vacation, but I get to choose the destination. Like, that's the compromise. Mm. And I actually came up with a list of six possible places that they could go. And I had kind of plug-in story elements for each one. Um, and I had, I, I literally had, uh, Michael roll a single D6 to determine 
the uh, the story location. Would you guys like to hear where uh, Millie and Roman could have gone? I yes. would. Yeah. Or okay. or do you need to save it for future? No. Go for no. It. <laughs> so so here are this. So the first That's one was five was, potential ideas, baby. Uh, the first one was uh, uh, Oceania, a future sea life park in the far reaches of space, conserving aquatic life from planets that have been destroyed. So a little bit um, uh, epoch talent. Um, and as the luck would have it, they're arriving on the day that a pair of Vilvoonian song whales, uh, rescued from the planet Vilvoon moments before its destruction, are being unveiled. I also added, like, what the main threat was to each one, and the, the main threat for this one is, there's nothing sinister though, it's all fine. Um, <laughs> if you'd rolled a two, you would have ended up at what I just called a pirate town near the beach somewhere deep in the, in the Caribbean. The sun is high, the drinks are strong, and the company is probably manageable. Um, and then I wrote, could something or someone be conspiring to destroy this sleepy little town? No, because it's not even remotely sinister. Um, uh, I would have had so much water world jet ski jumping in that one. I'm just trying to think of like what I, what stupid thing I would have yes. brought to each of these scenarios now. Um, three would have been, I, I don't know what it was. I was what so... I like about number two is we still could have gotten the boat joke. <laughs> <laughs> I that joke. Yeah. Three, I think I just got hung up on this the name I'd given these aliens, but opening night of the Vilvunian operatic performance of Ernesto Legatum Est Meticulosa, perhaps better known by the title of the Old Earth Motion Picture on which it is based, Ernest Scared Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and the, wow. the, the plot point for this is it's a beautiful performance, but does something sinister lurk in the shadows? No, no. it's just a nice day out. <laughs> Four. Oh, wow, Millie and Roman go to the opera. <laughs> fun, man. Yeah. 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 Four was Disneyland opening day, which you guys got. The, the, the point for that, again, was, again, nothing sinister here. It's just packed, hot, and unfinished, which actually is kind of sinister in its own way if you think about capitalism. Um Five would have been the Lux Marriott Hotel, a luxury hotel aboard a small asteroid orbiting the planet Lux 19. Uh, one week of the year, the Lux Marriott plays home to a science fiction convention. Uh, yes! <laughs> this week, though, it's fine. It's not even remotely <laughs> <laughs> They're changing the carpets. And, and, <laughs> and six, which actually plays into a conversation we were having in the group chat earlier today. Six would have been Alton Towers, England. Oh, wow. No I forgot I wrote this. <laughs> we were talking this. so funny because one of the things I was thinking oh, about, because wow. so we, the reason why Ben brought that up, I was watching Defunct Land and there's an <laughs> intro to Alton Towers at the beginning of one uh, an episode about a ride that was at Alton yes. Towers. And the intro describing the like the like intro marketing video yeah. sounds like a cold opening ben would use for an opening of the show <laughs> and i was actually watching it going boy i'm almost bummed that we already did a disneyland episode because i would love doing an episode mm. set like a, like in an abandoned I, theme park i have been like ever since i was a kid since i because I, the, the note here is england april 1998 which is when i went to alton towers Home of a number of rides and roller coasters, including Oblivion, which was at the time the world's first vertical drop roller coaster. What sinister machinations lurk in the underbelly of Oblivion? Nothing. That's what. Um, <laughs> but I still like. Oh, my... It would have been such a great opportunity for me to find a young ginger wastrel and <laughs> grow a beard, child. <laughs> do it. You we know. could still do something with Alton Towers because literally, I remember as a kid walking around Alton Towers and like imagining what if the TARDIS landed here and what if the TARDIS was there and what if there was a an autonomous like because that's the kid though oh was. my god did Mike Myers get Austin Powers from Alton Towers because hearing you say it I'm just like making that Maybe. audio mm. you know connection he does look like John what I know about Alton Towers is that it's safe wholesome and full of family fun <laughs> we should, uh, it we should was something that. about that line yeah if, yeah, we'll, we'll put it's in the show safe, notes because it's just wholesome and mega horny <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and filled with spiders. It's it's so great too because this video this video is before it kind of moved into like more of a thrill ride park yeah. than it is now, and it's so much like it's a benign. rip off of Disneyland. Yeah. It's very much like oh, go around the world in eighty eight days, and they're all lo- lovely boats and different songs. It's, like, it's literally it, no, it's literally yeah. uh, a small world, and there's Fancy a teacup. Cuppa takes on a whole new meaning. Yeah, yeah and it's literally the teacups, yeah. and it's just like okay, so this yeah. is just Disneyland, and, but and in you, England. You get to the end of the little intro, and just you know. Completely by reflex, you go. It's just such a cold open. Oh, I mean, wild. there's nothing stopping. You know what? Let's, let's, well, let's here's here's what's stopping you is that we did Disneyland. <laughs> we followed it up with the Staycation Dome. We followed it up with our live show, which is also technically kind of a theme park. You know, you're right. Kind I of about that. So we may have to hold off on yeah. the theme park. Maybe for save now. that for season three. Maybe season three. Um, but but. Nothing's to stop you from making a pirate episode because now that oh, you've brought yeah. that up as an option, I want a pirate episode. <laughs> well, yeah, I do too. We're gonna oh. talk, we're, let me come back to that when we talk about season two. Okay. Um, I don't, again, I, I think. And by pirate episode, I mean one that people bootleg from us illegally on the internet. No, 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 no. Yeah. no, 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 no. As opposed no, to paying no? the twenty nine ninety nine that they yeah. usually pay for. Yeah, yeah, yeah so exactly. If you haven't been I like paying, that you still reacted to it as if it was like, no, please don't bootleg no, 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 free no. podcast. No, I want my tax. I need to pay my taxes. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you've been listening to this podcast for free, I want you to know that that is theft. How dare you? <laughs> it's in that, in that it is intellectual property theft because we've stolen a bunch of stuff from the BBC. Let's move on. on. Uh, uh, so yeah, so the basic idea of this was Roman and Millie just having a conversation and then being interrupted by something sinister, which I decided was Maxwell catching up with them, which allowed us to introduce the Joseph, uh, the Patterson Joseph Maxwell, which Maxwell is now two. my, my favorite Maxwell 2 Manchester United. Neil is my favorite. That's his full name. That's his full uh, time lord name. Uh, <laughs> Is, uh, that's my favorite, uh, one of my favorite characters that we've kind of put our own fun, like, you know, twisted mind, like, approach to that character. I love it. Um, but, uh, that, that more than anything, we kind of, I don't think we knew what we were doing with Millie in Getaway until we had finished recording yeah. that story, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like, we purposely left it. I mean, the most we knew was Millie would get placed at the next destination. Yeah, we knew Millie would be you there, know, but we knew that we wanted to do the um, the vacations in parallel universes. Yeah, because I knew coming into the recording that I was going to do the time ring yeah, thing. Yeah, that was the only thing um, you knew about the end of that story. That was and, it. Yeah. yeah. I we kind of, to you as like, Roman wants a break, and I assume something bad will happen. Yeah, and like, then that's, and then I kind of ran with it from there. Um, do you guys, because uh, again, I don't, I, I, I think we should get, I mean, you know we spent a lot of the last, this episode and the previous episode talking about getaway, but I think that's where the meat of this, the, the conversation is going to go. Do you guys have a question about, uh, Roman Holiday? Because that's also one of the ones where, again, you were not present for the recording, so you were listeners in a way. So that kind of mm-hmm. becomes our listeners' question <laughs> about, uh, Roman Holiday. Do you guys have any thoughts or questions? Why is Roman the worst? No, uh, different thing. Um, no, it's it's funny because I think I think we told the story maybe even last episode about how Dan and I were driving back from Comic Con and we almost stopped at Disney. <laughs> that was and we, so wild. We had actually like been posting pictures like 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 the Doctor and Travis looking for Millie at Disney at, at Comic Con and like what if we had stopped and we had posted a picture of Travis and the Doctor looking for Millie at Disneyland, if we had been in front of Jungle Cruise, it would have been crazy. Oh, it would have been so now, perfect. Every time I'm in, I, I, I've, I've been to Disneyland a few times in the last month, and every time I'm in line for Jungle Cruise, which is every time I go, because it's the best ride in the park. It's fantastic. I, I go and I, I imagine where in the line, <laughs> like, and that, I mean, I don't, even know, I don't even know if the launch building was the same building back in 1955. Mm. It might not have been, but I, I, don't, I don't think it was, but I could be wrong. But, but that's the line I picture in my yeah, head when, when I'm just I, imagining yeah. like where where in that launch line you you just hear Millie going boat and like where yeah like and then I'm, I'm whenever when I get on the ride 
I'm just imagining Patterson Joseph in a goofy hat sitting next to me. Like, it's <laughs> I, just so the great. The exact outfit, if you're wondering which outfit to picture him wearing, the very end of, uh, I hate that I have to say this, the original Disney Aladdin, when Genie shows up at the end after he's been freed, uh, or maybe it's at the beginning of Return of Jafar, but he's wearing that no, Hawaiian it's the, shirt. It's the, the first one. Yeah. 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 Um, and he, that's, that's the attire he's wearing. That's what I picked, pictured Patterson Joseph cosplaying <laughs> as Genie it. at the end of Aladdin. And <laughs> that's, it. that's kind of where, where I was pitching that outfit oh. was. We also, we should have and, and, and didn't. That's one of the things I regret. We didn't, uh, post the photo of the 1951 mascots. We did. Because, whoa, they are scary. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll link those 55. in the show notes. 55. Yes. yes. We'll, link, we'll, we'll post those in the show notes and we'll, we'll post I've seen a few of them. Yeah. 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 Oh, they are spooky. Um, 